Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast is an edited recording from our Sunday morning service held on July 9th, 2023. For news and information, and to find out how to join us, please visit www.stjamesleith.org.uk. Thank you, Rachel, and good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to everyone at home. So if we, like we did last week, give everyone a wave at home, lovely to welcome you uh, into our service this morning, and a special welcome to uh, visitors or people that haven't been here uh, for a while. It's lovely to to have you. At this time of year, it's great because people go away and other people come, and it's it's very fluid. So it's it's, uh, welcome to you. today. So we look forward to, Judith is going to do our reflection uh, later. I think she's uh, sat at the back because she's coughing a bit. (laughs) But uh, the theme is carrying on from hospitality last week, looking at uh, how that moves into radical solidarity. So if we can start our service in the usual way, Rachel's going to sound the ringing bowl and just prepare our hearts and minds to, to worship God and to open ourselves up to what God has to say to us this morning. Please stand for our first song. The first song's Cantor and Response, so I'll be cantering this one, and um, I'll try and get clear when you sing when I sing. remain standing for our confession. Trusting in God's forgiveness, let us now in silence confess our failings and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. Come home to yourselves and to each other. 
And may all that is unfree in you be released. And may you blossom into a future graced with love. Please be seated. The first reading is from Zechariah 9, verses 9 through 12. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall command peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today, I declare, I will restore to you double. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. That speaks to God. The Gospel is taken from Matthew chapter 11. But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another, we played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking and they say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. 
At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the gospel. Good news for all. Praise Father, thank you for bringing us together this morning. We pray for your spirit to touch us and your love to settle in our hearts today. Amen. <clears throat> uh, last Sunday, Ian spoke about hospitality using that wonderful phrase, and I think it was from Matthew Fox, was that right, Ian? The kingdom of God is built on magic and meals. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Ian helped us understand that the kingdom of God preached and lived by Jesus is a radical challenge to the systems that so much of today's society is built on. Systems that draw boundaries, that insist that to keep oneself pure, it's better to keep away from all those who are seen as unclean. Because in the kingdom of God, all are welcome. All are invited to the meal. And then Ian told us that incredible, brilliantly illustrative story of how when he was in India, he accepted hospitality from someone in a village who was considered to be unclean and how Ian was subsequently banned from the vill village by the village elder, banned from ever going there again. So I've called this reflection radical solidarity, a phrase used by Richard Rohr in his morning online meditations this week, because I want us to think this morning about how far are we willing to go to be hospitable Ian challenged us to open our doors to those who are at the bottom of the pile of humanity. And I am wondering if we should also think about whether being hospitable also means reaching out into our very polarised world. Reaching out and standing with, being a conduit or a bridge between those who are divided by an ideology or a belief system to be willing to say to everyone, I will stand with you in solidarity, and I'm really, truly ready to stand and listen to your point of view. And when I read the Matthew that we've just heard, all I can think of is how we as humans seem to be drawn to criticize someone because we don't like their beliefs or their behavior, because we don't think that their behavior fits in with what we think, what you and I think is acceptable. 
And you can imagine, can't you, the tut-tut-tutting, the about John the Baptist. Eh, tut-tut-tut, have you seen the way he lives in the desert without a stitch? And what he eats, yuck. He's lost his head, that's what. And then, of course, on the other side, those who tut-tut-tut about Jesus, my dear, that man is permanently drunk. And as for the people he associates with, I couldn't have him in my house. Just think what the neighbours would say. It's a slippery slope with someone like him. One foot over the threshold, and who knows where it might lead. I don't know about you, but I think we're a society more fixated with making tut-tut sounds about some issue or another. Of course, social media doesn't help, forcing us to take a side on something, to lean one way or another in a response to a supposedly well-informed piece of reporting. If you read a national newspaper, how do you decide which one to read? I guess we all choose the newspaper which best expresses our views. And then we find our opinions being conveniently confirmed. At least that's my experience. But human beings have always been driven to split any issue or opinion with a nice, neat divide down the centre. Does it arise out of fear of the other? We're very tribal, aren't we? We like to be those who have the same opinions, people who can tut, tut, tut with us. Something drives us to see everything as an either or, those who are in and those who are out, those who agree with us and those who don't. <clears throat> I'm just going to have another drink. <clears throat> Recently, Geoffrey and I listened to a podcast called The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. When the Harry Potter books were first published in the US, there were those who wanted the books burned because they said they validated witchcraft and they were corrupting the minds of vulnerable, vulnerable and oppressionable children. And then, as you probably all know, in 2020, Rowling became embroiled in another controversy this time to do with the issues surrounding sex and gender and the trans community. And the reason I'm mentioning this is to say that how easily, when I was listening to the podcast, I found myself taking sides. First, I tut-tut-tutted about burning of her books because I couldn't see they were dangerous for children. But then I tut-tut-tutted about Rowling's remarks concerning sex and gender because to me she sounds transphobic. And really, the point of this story is that I spoke to a very dear friend who has also listened to the podcasts, and I realised that she and I had completely different responses. And to be honest, it brought me up sharp, because it makes me realise how easy it would be for me to draw a line between us, a line that could so easily destroy a precious friendship of many, many years. To go back to the Matthew passage, you and I can almost hear the frustration in Jesus' voice. He says, to what can I compare this generation? Jesus compares his contemporaries with arguing children who can't play happily together. 
Actually, from the beginning of time, surely every generation has been the same. Making snide remarks because somebody's different, doesn't conform, doesn't fit in, doesn't dance when told to, or weep on cue. And I have to ask, am I like one of those children in the marketplace who make rude remarks about people who think differently? Do I tut, tut, tut reading my online morning newspaper, which incidentally is the Guardian, so you can tell where I stand, <laughs> just in case you worried. <laughs> Tutting about the unbelievable stupidity of so-and-so who believes this or that, or who's done this or that. And we have all these words bandied about these days, don't we? Like being woke, wokeism. I say to myself, am I woke? Am I too woke? Maybe I'm not woke enough. <laughs> but of course, you and I, as followers of Jesus, choose to have opinions about certain issues because we have strong beliefs and standards and ideals. So as a Christian, how am I expected to behave in all of this? Well, if you look back at the passage to the words of Jesus that follow his comments about the criticisms levied at him and John, he says these words, but wisdom is proved right by her actions. Wisdom is proved right by her actions. So it's not about what we say, maybe even what we think. It's all about being the loving, kind, forgiving Jesus to all and in all situations. No wonder Jesus sounded frustrated. The differences between he and John were superficial. Because in the end, they were preaching the same news. So why couldn't the people see that? It's our actions that point to the kingdom of God. You and I might spend a lot of time tut-tut-tutting, and I seem to, for one, seem to do it all the time. Actually, especially as I get older. <laughs> but are we, am I, willing to stand in between those who disagree and show God's love and respect to all? Are you and I willing to be a bridge between people? Of course, we'll find ourselves being walked on. That's what bridges are for. But if as individuals and as a community, we can connect polarized people, then we're doing the work of the kingdom. In the Church Times this week, I read an interview with Joyce De Silva, who is CEO of Compassion in World Farming. She used to be an RE teacher. <clears throat> I'm going to have another drink. <laughs> oh, thanks, yeah. <clears throat> she writes about her time as a teacher. After graduation, I lived and worked in India for three years. Back in Essex, the school where I worked had quite a scattering of students who were anti-foreigner. I tried to open their eyes a little, and I took them on school trips to places like the mosque in Regent's Park and the Hare Krishna temple. One group of 14 and 15-year-old boys in the school used to go Paki bashing at weekends. And our Pakistani teacher said he got some stick from these lads 
But when I took them to the mosque, and from the women's gallery, they watched their teacher praying, he told me later that the boys had given him no more trouble. And she writes, I think his sincerity and honesty got through to them. Another teacher, she writes, who was a Plymouth Brethren, admitted he thought I was going to hell. But he came with us in the coach to the mosque and he said on the way home, I never knew that Muslims had morals. Isn't that a wonderful example of somebody who became a bridge? For Joyce de Silva, it was all about enabling understanding and respect to happen between people who seemed unable to question their own biased and narrow views. Once their eyes were opened, empathy and compassion followed. I don't think it's easy, and I'm not saying that anything goes. But I'm as far as I can see, so much division is based on uninformed superficial differences. As I have said, it seems that everywhere we see communities and society becoming more and more polarised, and of course division is made worse by the media. And that's why we have to hold on to passages such as the one we read in Zechariah. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. And I love that image of the battle bow being broken. When a bow is pulled back for an arrow to be released, it's full of tension. It seems to me that this world today is full of tension as people get pulled further and further away from one another. In the church, in politics, those who have obscene wealth and those who have nothing, feminists and supporters of the trans community, those who love wind farms and those who hate them. The list goes on and on and on. But we can have hope that we can be part of the of Jesus' work to break the bow and live in radical solidarity. And we at St. James, I really believe, are always searching for the truth, for wisdom in all those areas where there might be dispute or disagreement. And let's take heart from those words of Jesus. Wisdom is proved right by her actions. As you and I interact with those of us around us in our community, in our place of work, even with long-standing friends. Let us be wise above all in our actions, showing love and acceptance and a listening ear, even when the other person seems to be talking nonsense. And let's pray for those in our community who are already involved with bridge building. So Pal here runs the charity building bridges, is doing just that, providing a bridge between people of very different backgrounds and faiths, enabling people to say, the, sorry, to see the God-made humanity in all of us. And also part of our community, she's not here today, I don't think, is Sarah Kayambi, in 2020, she began the charity Migration Policy Scotland 
And this charity works to encourage debate using detailed and, and thorough research to find a meeting place between those who oppose migration and those who would like to see the borders completely open. In other words, that those who decide the fate of immigrants and migrants do so with concrete information rather than just jerk prejudice, prejudice jerk, knee-jerk prejudice. And maybe, as we think about how to use our church in the future and think about hospitality, let's pray that we can use it as a place where reconciliation and understanding can happen, where superficial differences are seen for what they are, and where new and exciting partnerships can happen. Amen. If you have a mobile phone with you, would you like to take it out and just hold it in your hand? Or if not, think about your mobile phone. And there's, and there's not going to be any responses today. So when I'm leading the prayers, I'm going to pass some thoughts about the world and about all our friends and contacts. And in between just a period of silence and quietness, uh, I invite you to just open your heart to God. Uh, and as we pray together, share thoughts about the world and about God's intervention in the world. So let's pray. Father God, we come into your presence today. For some of us, it's been a good week. For others, a difficult week. For some of us, there's been happiness. For some of us, sorrow and pain. For some of us, a heaviness of all the our heaviness in our hearts of all the problems that we face. And for all of us, facing a world that is divided and polarized and full of conflict. So we ask today that you open our hearts to your presence, so that your love and spirit may warm us and that we might grow in strength and commitment and learn from you and take on your yoke, which is easy and light. And so as you hold your phone, I'd like you to just think about our divided world. Think about all those signals that flash across the world between people of the good signals and the bad signals, of the people that you know in other countries, and of the use of phones for good and for bad. So let's just think for a few moments about our divided world. Think about the riots in France with all the poverty in the suburbs and the racial tensions. Think about the long-running, ongoing difficulties between Israel and Palestine, Ukraine and Russia, the conflicts in Yemen, Iran, and many others. 
we think of asylum seekers travelling and living with uncertainty and fear for the future. We think of the brewing political unrest in our own country and across many countries. We think of divisions worldwide between rich and poor. And we think of all that social media offers, the good, and yet how often it stirs division and hatred and poisonous comment. So as you hold your phone and think of our world with all its communication abilities, let's each just communicate with God as we open our hearts to him and hold this divided and polarised world in our prayers to God. So dear Lord, may we be a loving presence, your loving presence, in our divided world. Help each of us to share your love with others by our actions as well as our words. Help us to stand up and challenge injustice and unfairness wherever we see something. Help us to leave judgment with God who also forgives. Help us to be witnesses to your love and forgiveness in this world. And let our lives and our words demonstrate your love. And so we pray for all those who seek to bring about peace and understanding between countries and between peoples. And as you hold your phone or think about your phone, think about all the contacts within that phone and all the contacts of people that you meet day by day at work or at home. And let's bring them before God. So Father, we look to that great day when in the worlds of Revelation 21, we see a new heaven and a new earth where death is no more and where there will be no more mourning or crying or pain. Until that day, Lord, help us to have real humility as we serve others so that they too, like us, might experience your love and your forgiveness. So we remember all those we know who are struggling to make sense of their lives through financial pressures or illness or age or family. And remember all those we know who are frail due to illness or old age Remember those who might feel neglected or unloved. For those who might feel lonely or confused. 
for those who are ill or dying. And we remember all those we know who are suffering the consequences of division or polarization, that they might find some semblance of peace amongst the chaos, some chink of light in the darkness of someone who cares for them in the midst of those who often seek harm. So we ask that you grow in us a real empathy for all we know, regardless of whether we like them or not. Almighty God, you have called us and blessed us, led us and guided us, and shown us so much love and care that now in this moment and in this place, we bring to you our concerns for the world and for all those that we know. We bring to you our fears for our divided world, especially those who are suffering today. And we praise you for your revelation of a different life, another way to live, to pray, to love. And we thank you for the community of care to which we belong here in this church. Help us day by day to live as one with Christ through the leading of the Holy Spirit as we aspire to live a lifestyle of love and light, welcome and kindness, hospitality and care. So lead us, Almighty God, to be the best we can be to those we meet along life's way and to give what we can of ourselves and all the gifts that you have provided for us. So we ask you to accept these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, who shared with all. Amen. Praise and thanksgiving be to you, God of all. And for by the cross eternal life is ours and death is swallowed up in victory. In the first light of Easter, Glory broke from the tomb and changed the women's sorrow into joy. And from the garden the mystery dawned that he whom they had loved and lost is with us now in every place forever. And making himself known in the breaking of the bread, speaking peace to the fearful disciples, welcoming weary fishermen on the shore, he renewed the promise of his presence and of new birth in the Spirit, who sets the seal of freedom on your sons and daughters. And before he was given up to suffering and death, recalling the night of Israel's release, the night in which slaves walked free, at supper with his disciples, he took bread and offered you thanks. He broke the bread and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, it is broken for you. And after supper he took the cup 
he offered you thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. It is poured out for you and for all that sins may be forgiven. Do this in remembrance of me. We now obey your son's command. We recall his blessed passion and death, his glorious resurrection and ascension, and we look for the coming of his kingdom. Made one with him, we offer you these gifts, and with them ourselves, a single, holy, living sacrifice. Hear us, most merciful God, and send your Holy Spirit upon us and those at home, and upon this bread and this wine, that overshadowed by his life-giving power, they may be the body and blood of your Son, and we may be kindled with the fire of your love, and renewed for the service of your kingdom. Help us to live and to work for your praise and glory. May we grow together in unity and love until at last in your new creation we enter into our heritage in the company of the Virgin Mary, the apostles and the prophets and all our brothers and sisters living and departing. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, with whom and in whom, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory be to you, Lord of all, ages, world without end. Amen. living bread broken for the life of the world. Broken things for broken people, holy things for holy people.
God, we thank you for feeding us with your word and now with your body <coughs> and blood. We ask that as we feed on you, we may be food for others. We pray that you would help us to continue to have passion and compassion for what we believe, but also the ability to listen to others and to not make them other or alienate them. So loving God, help us to be a hospitable community, but also offering that radical solidarity and listening ear and bridge-building capacity. Amen. Amen.